Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com. Well, hello to everyone, but especially our first-time guests. I'm Caleb, the senior leader of The Resting Place. I know it's kind of confusing a little bit, uh, but... Jimmy and Gigi are the campus pastors here because we are an apostolic family. We are actually multiple locations, things like that, and I'm leading the whole family. I hope that makes sense as a senior leader, but aren't you grateful for pastoral people like Jimmy and Gigi, just so beautiful. They come around, they hug you, and they love you, especially when the scary people say hard things to you, and then they come and kiss your boo-boos spiritually, all that. Anyway, Pastor Gigi spoke last week, and it was so good. Oh, man, it was so good. It was fire for sure. She spoke on our our first part of our series on worship. She spoke on ministering to the Lord. Say, to the Lord. And I just took some notes. I'm not going to re-preach her message. You should go listen to it. But she talked about worship in place of works, that if we let King Jesus be first, our first place of pouring out, everything else works out, you know? It just was beautiful. And I love how she pointed out that Mary didn't change what she was doing based on what was happening around her. I love that point, that she, Mary was so focused on Jesus and giving Jesus her all that she didn't care that there was ridicule. She didn't care that there was confusion. She didn't care, all right? She just did not care. She was so focused on the Lord that nothing could shut down her worship. She didn't look to her surroundings. She looked to him. It's so beautiful. And Gigi said this, Mary worshiped because she had a revelation of who Jesus was, right? And that's, the truth is, your worship is directly tied to your level of revelation. Okay, let me help you. This is gonna help. Say it's gonna help. If you have weak worship, you have weak revelation. Because the minute you see him, the minute you get a glimpse, he's revealed to you as merciful. You can't help but call him full of mercy. As soon as you encounter his goodness through revelation, you have to sing you are good. It's an automatic response. So it's not about, she, she said this as well, it's not about how, but if you are expressing worship to the Lord. Right? I talk about my parents all the time with this because it's a perfect example. My mom is like me. She's extremely expressive. Okay? She does the helicopter. You know, you got to watch out because she's got her eyes closed. The helicopter, you know. <laughs> I've been struck by the helicopter mom, you know. Not the way you have known it before, but maybe a new way now. I have been literally hit right over there. I'm like, oh, oh. Yeah. Anyway, and my dad is like, like when the Buccaneers score a touchdown, he's the two-clap guy, all right? They score a touchdown, he goes, that's his full expression, okay? It's my birthday weekend, by the way, and I got some, birth, uh, some tickets to the Bucks game tonight for my birthday, so fear not. The Lord has sent an intercessor. <laughs> and I will be up in the high places. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's good. Some of you got that. Some of you did. It's okay. (laughs) My dad, in worship, is the same two-clap guy as he is when Tom Brady throws a 50-yarder to Tony O'Brown. You know, he's the same guy. So in in worship, he's just, that's his expression, and it's beautiful. I got messed up in the first gathering. just started crying 
without, I didn't give my face permission, but I started crying anyway. Thinking about the one time I saw a tear roll down my dad's cheek right over there. First time I've been, I've been standing next to him in worship services my whole life, and there was a single tear, and he just went, wiped it away. That messed me up because I know that was a extra pouring. That was more than has ever come out before. And that's totally beautiful. You know, we encourage people to worship biblically because Gigi even talked about it. It's a command of the Lord to worship God with everything you are and everything you have. Amen. But some of us, everything we have is sitting down because it's 45 minutes of worship and we don't want to stand that long. And that's fine. That's not a lack of faith. Hello? Come on. Did y'all hear that message last week? It was amazing. It's so important. All right. Our different expressions are welcome. We have differences here. All right. Me and Jimmy are not the same. Not at all. Okay. I don't know if you know this. He's full-blooded Mexican. All right. I'm full-blooded white. All right. (laughs) We're very different. Our upbringing is different. All stuff. We get along. Why? Because we honor each other's differences. We need to do the same thing in worship. Amen. Amen. You need to go back and watch that message. It was so good. Today, we're jumping into part two, okay? And I have a submission for you that I'm gonna, we're going to talk through, all right? Here's my submission to you. I'd like to submit to you that God actually puts the health of our relationships with one another before the health of our worship to him. I submit to you, he actually cares more by way of priority about your relationship with one another, horizontal, than he does about your vertical worship. I'm going to prove that to you. I'm going to make a case for that today. You might think I'm wrong. That's okay. We don't have to agree. All right. But I do want to show you something in scripture. We're going to read out of John chapter four. We're going to read verse five through 24. This is a uh, very well-known passage. Okay. It's the woman at the well and it's, it's very well known, but you know how in uh, Nazareth, did you hear the story about Jesus in Nazareth? He came to his hometown and he could not do any mighty miracles there. Imagine restricting God's ability to do mighty miracles. Imagine it. And why? It's because they took offense at him and they said, isn't this Joseph's son? We know you. So over-familiarity breeds contempt for the miraculous. So let's not be overly familiar with this passage just because we've heard it a few times. Okay? We don't want to breed contempt for the miraculous. I want all the miraculous the Lord has for us today. (laughs) Just saying. That's me. You can do your own thing. It's cool. Anyway, let's read John 4. Speaking of Jesus, it says, he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, asked for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. This was like racist 101. There's a major racist tension here, all right? The Jews thought of Samaritans as half-bloods, mudbloods. It's literally one of the slurs they would call them because they were half Jew, half something else, all right? So they were not fans of each other. They wouldn't even use the same cups or anything like that. It, it was a thing, all right? And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Say living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Kind of sassy, 
just the way I read it. I don't know. Sounds sassy. Are you greater than our father, Jacob? It's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob she's talking to, saying, talking like that. It's just, you know, sometimes you talk to God, you don't know who you're talking to. Anybody want to admit that? Sometimes I'm praying and complaining and I forget who I'm talking to. And then I remember, I'm like, oh, never mind. <laughs> Thank you for that, you know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water I give will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come back here to draw water every day. That's every day was me. That's me. Anyway, added that in there. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying I have no husband, for you've had five husbands, and the one you're now, you now have is not your husband. That makes six. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. It's <laughs> funny. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming but neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Amen? There's a prerequisite for worship, and it's not location. There's a prerequisite for our worship, and it's not location. He said to the woman at the well, go get your husband. I thank God it's not location, by the way, because we're in a warehouse. I mean, <laughs> right? Literally, when we moved in, one of the neighbors here is like, why would you want to put a church in a warehouse? I'm like, because God brought us here. Amen. He didn't know what to say, but I got a good kick out of it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Jesus, putting her on the right track through Revelation, says, go get your husband. And before Jesus gets into the uh, concept of worship, he speaks to her relationships. Did you notice this? He talks about her relationship with him. He says, if you knew who I was, if we were connected, you would be asking me for a drink instead of the other way around. He speaks of that relationship. And then he speaks of her relationship with men in her life. Says, go get your husband. This is all setting up this extremely important passage on worship. And it's on purpose. Okay? Listen to me. Everything in your Bible is there on purpose. Everything is in a certain order on purpose. Okay? You should stop chopping it apart and taking, you know, your scriptures straight out of context and forgetting what happened before and after. Everything is on purpose. Okay, Jesus speaks to her these ways and in these terms to deal with the thing he puts priority on because he knows she's going to ask him about worship. Are you following this? He knows where this conversation is going. He's God. He sees the beginning from the end. Amen. Come on, Jesus is God. Amen. I get really nervous when I say that and people don't say amen. I get really nervous. Jesus is God. Amen. Okay. Training you well. 
I get nervous. He knows what's going to happen. And he deals with her relationships first. It's on purpose. God has a prerequisite for worship. Are you ready for this? Matthew 5, verse 21 through 24. We're going to read it out of the Passion Translation. This is Jesus speaking. He says, you're familiar with the commandment taught to those of old. Do not murder or you will be judged. But I'm telling you, if you hold anger in your heart toward a fellow believer, you are subject to judgment. And whoever demeans and insults a fellow believer is answerable to the congregation. Whoever calls down curses upon a fellow believer is in danger of being sent to a fiery hell. Don't white out the parts of your Bible you don't agree with, y'all. The, the Bible challenges my theology every day because I read it every day. <laughs> Are you following me? Yeah. I don't take my thoughts to the word. I let the word form my thoughts. It challenges my thoughts. So then, if you are presenting a gift before the altar and suddenly remember a quarrel you have with a fellow believer, leave your gift there in front of the altar and go at once to apologize to the one who is offended. Then, after you have reconciled, come to the altar and present your gifts. You need to understand that they worship through physical offerings. They gave goats. They gave grain offerings. They gave physical things at an altar, and the priest would use them. As burnt offerings to the Lord, they would use it to eat. They would use, they were a physical act at the altar. I know we call this the altar, but here's the deal. In the new covenant, you're the altar. Your heart is the altar, okay? You're a living sacrifice. That's your true spiritual form of worship, Romans 12 says. You're a living sacrifice. Uh, Think of the burning bush, on fire but not burning up. That's a new covenant worshiper. Okay, you're a walking, talking altar. You're a walking, talking, burning place. You are the new covenant on two, the new ark of the new covenant on two legs. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So whenever you come to the altar, whenever you bring worship to God, it says, and you suddenly remember a quarrel. Go deal with it. Press pause and go deal with it. God wants us to be one more than he wants our worship. Okay, you might be like, oh, no, no, no. Theologically, that's not okay. Okay, I've been wrong before. You've been wrong before. Let me just put a thought in your head for you to consider with the Lord. Okay, because I just felt push on that, spiritual push. I did. Like slaps me back in the face sometimes. I know what that is. God wants us to be one more than he wants our worship. You know what Jesus said about you and I being one? He said it would bring the whole world into the kingdom. Us singing to God does stuff. It breaks things. It prophesies to the region. It, it heals our souls. It, it's amazing. I love to worship. I started as a worship leader. I led worship for 15 years before I had this job, okay? At least once a week. I'm all about worship. But that will not bring the whole world into the kingdom. Oneness, not worship. God wants us to be one more than he wants our worship. But I want to stress something. Really stress it. Okay, it does not say, remember at the altar any quarrels you may have. It says, if you suddenly remember. All right, you're like, that's semantics. No, 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 this is important. It doesn't say, when you come into worship, when you start to sing that song, when you turn on the radio and you start lifting praise to God on your way to work, stop and think, do I have any quarrels? Lord, 
Has anyone offended with me? Have I offended anyone? Am I offended? Am I bitter? It doesn't say go through the catalog of your offenses each time you enter into worship. No, it says if you are in worship, you're, you know, worship requires sacrifice, right? Like true worship is Lord, have me. That's true worship. Lord, I give you myself. I, you can have me, all of me. If in that moment, if you're going, Lord, have me, he says, okay, now that I have you, go deal with that. If you are in worship, giving yourself to God, and he says, you got a mess to clean up, you need to stop repeating your devotion to the Lord and go deal with the mess. It doesn't mean as you come, go, do I have any messes? This can very quickly be weaponized, okay? And I've actually heard it preached weaponized the opposite way. Like, don't you come in here unreconciled with others and try to give God worship. That will not be pleasing to the Lord. I've heard that. It's not true. That's not what Jesus said. He'll accept it. He loves it. He loves to be with you. He doesn't just like you or endure you. He loves you. Okay. So we can't turn this into a cold system of insecurity, right? Where we're like, you walk in the door, it's like, oh no, before I, oh no, they're starting the first song. Lord, is there anyone I need to forgive? You know, like, don't do that. That's not what I'm telling you to do. Okay. We should instead See, the importance God places on our relationships in the context of worship. I think of it. He's like, I need you to be one with one another more than I need your worship. And in fact, God doesn't need. Let me help you. God is the only one who doesn't need. God does not need your worship. He's seeking it, but not out of a place of need. Because God does not need. End of statement. God does not need your money because God does not need. God does not need your devotion because God does not need. God does not need you to be a better person because God does not need. Hello? Like we're not appeasing him. He's not up there going, thank God Sarah sang that song today. I needed that. Come on. Right? Sorry, let me start over. Thank me Sarah sang that song today. <laughs> We need to see the importance God places on our relationships in the context of worship. Because here's what can happen. If you get imbalanced, you take, you, sometimes you hear a word and you give it a wrong impact, okay? So like Gigi's word last week, beautiful, awesome, amazing. But if we, we take away from that an impact to where we start ignoring issues for the sake of worship, we missed it, okay? Because some people, some charismatic people, charismaniacs, they like to do something. It's like spiritual ignorance. It's like, uh, it's actually called spiritual bypassing in some contexts where there's an issue and they're like, oh, I just need to worship. I don't need to deal with that. It's not, I can't deal with that. It's like, I don't need, I just need to worship. I just need to get church. I need to worship. And then they come to worship and God's like, hey, that's not okay. And they're like, no, 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 Jesus. I'm only looking at you. They told me, just look at you. He's like, okay, you're looking at me. Okay, I got you. All right, look over here now. Like, no, 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 no. I'm like, Mary, I'm going to ignore my surroundings. I'm going to pour it out on you. And he's like, I'll wait. I'll wait. For every drop to fall. And then I'm going to say, okay, are you ready to deal with that mess you created with your in-laws? You ready to deal with that thing you did? to that coworker, you ready to deal with your bitter judgments towards your boss that you never said out loud, but I hear all of them. 
You ready? Because you said, you're mine. You're calling me, Lord. You're giving yourself to me. And I'm like, okay, glad we got that cleared up. You're mine. Go do this. <laughs> and you're like, no, no, no. I just need to look at you. And he's like, I'll wait. <laughs> Reconciliation is the prerequisite for worship. Reconciliation of our relationships is the prerequisite for worship. That sounds really strong because it is. Okay. So <laughs> I know, <laughs> like I got that one line. I wrote this message a month and a half ago. I got it. I'm like, Lord, I don't like the word prerequisite. It feels too, too straight on. He's like, I know. I know you don't like it. I'm like, I don't like it. He's like, I know. I'm like, well, can I have another one? He's like, no. <laughs> I just, you're going to not like it. I'm going to like it. And we're good. I'm like, okay. That is how this works. <laughs> Anybody been there before? Or just me? You're all professional Christians. You don't argue with God ever. I do. Okay. David argued with God. I think there's a little bit of license here to talk to the Lord honestly. Amen. I wrote this a month and a half ago, and then I was like, all right, great. As I'm writing it, the Lord's like, hey, you're going to deal with that bitterness and those judgments you have against that person? Now, there's a great message, Caleb. Awesome. I'm saying that. Good. You're going to deal with this? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to preach the message, and then I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that thing. He's like, okay. <laughs> he convicted me. He's like, you will not preach that until you do it. I was like. Okay, I just won't preach it. I just won't preach it. Fine. <laughs> I got plenty in the bag. I can pull. I, I mean, you open your Bible, point to something. I got it. I will preach. Give me 30 seconds. I will preach. I'm good. He's like, no, no, you're going to do this. So I did. And it was awful. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done. A relationship that had been a long-standing relationship. I went to them and I confessed to them and I said, I've had bitterness in my heart towards you for about a year now. I've made judgments against your character that were totally inappropriate. And I am not your judge. I have no right to make that judgment call. And I am so sorry. Please forgive me. Through tears and anguish and difficulty and fear and all of it. I did. So I'm not, you know, telling you to do something I'm not doing here. And I think that's the point. The Lord wouldn't even let me preach it until I did it, okay? I've done it in the past, but there was a certain situation that I had to reconcile before I could come up here and say to you, reconciliation is the prerequisite for worship. Any of our leadership, anything we're doing, it's like an unspoken rule. We do it first. We don't bring anything to you that we haven't done first, okay? I, I'm not gonna preach a message to you, hopefully, that I haven't done first, right? I tried to get out of this one, but... <laughs> You want me to lie about it or you want to be honest? I mean, I'm going to be honest. So anyway, we, we do it privately before we do it publicly. We go there first. We pull. We don't push. We grab the front of the rope and we pull. That's, that's who we are. That's what we're going to do. So I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I am saying it'll be worth it. I'm actually saying it's going to be really stinking difficult. <laughs> if it's anything like mine was, it's difficult. Tears, anger, frustration, confusion. I was scared. I went in thinking I was going to get really hurt. I walked away with this beautiful reconciliation happened. I walked away. I got in my car. I was like, Lord, who else can I reconcile with? This is awesome. No, it was such an amazing rush of love and joy and peace. 
And I was like, oh, yeah, again, please, I'll take another. Who else, Lord? Who else? Seriously, I'm not kidding. How do we do this? We got to get practical here, right? I mean, the Bible says you're to go as far as possible to live at peace with all. All. Read this with me. Romans 12, 9 through 21. It says, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. I like that one because it's like a competition. I dig it. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil. I'm going to say that one slow at least two more times. Repay no one evil for evil. Repay no family member, politician, co-worker, boss, evil for evil. But give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, say if possible. As far as it depends on you, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. The Passion Translation there says, make peace your life motto. I love that. Live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. What does it mean to live peaceably with all, so far as it depends on you? Here's what it means. You need to go as far as possible to have peace in your relationships. So you need to ask this question today. Have I gone as far as possible to have peace in all of my relationships? That'll tell you right there. Have you, like really, you can stand before the Lord and say, I went as far as possible to have peace in that relationship. Can you honestly say that about all your relationships? If not, reconciliation is the prerequisite for worship. How many of you, let's be honest, just be honest. Camera tight on me, don't show the room, yeah? So just to, yeah, okay, good. Jason gave me the thumbs up. All right, how many of you, while sitting here, honest, this is family time, all right? You're not on live stream, it's just me. They see me, they see this tanned physique, wakeboarding pro in the making. <laughs> yeah, I hurt myself on a wakeboard yesterday, that's why I can't stop thinking about it. Anyway, I felt really hard. How many of you sitting here have thoughts about people that literally you're like, I need to reconcile with somebody? Raise your hand. Keep them high. Look around the room, y'all. This is a comfort. Look around the room. Look at your brothers and sisters being honest. All right? That should be a comfort to you. You're not alone in the need to reconcile. Amen? That was a trick. We had you all on live stream. They, no, I'm just joking. I'm joking. Somebody's watching the live stream. I knew it. I knew it. I'm waiting for a phone call. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Would you stand and have Gigi come up and play? We're going to just respond to the Lord really quick with a chorus, with a song.
But I need you to close your eyes and really ask that question. Have you gone as far as possible to live peaceably with all? If not, what are you going to do about it? So just right now, do some business with the Lord. Every eye closed. We're going to turn down these lights. Just, just stand there before the Lord and say, Lord, if there's someone I need to make peace with, show me. Just show me. Show my heart. And in this moment, in this, in this anointing right now, you should commit to the Lord to do it. Do it quickly. Because you were never meant to carry bitterness or judgment or unforgiveness. That thing is killing you. It's weighing you down. I left my meeting that where I reconciled with 10 pounds off my chest. Literally, I felt it. I felt physically lighter. Some of you are in pain because you refuse to reconcile with your brother. Not all of you, some of you. Lord, I pray you would show us, show us, show us. And maybe you came here and you don't know Jesus. You don't know God. You don't have a personal relationship with God. You would not call God your friend. Maybe you came here thinking God just needs stuff. God just wants something from you. God wants you to pray a prayer. God wants you to give money to a church. God needs you to do that stuff. That is not what God wants first. God wants to give you something today. If you don't know him, he wants to give you himself. God gives himself before he ever asks anything of us. Jesus is God. He came to the earth. He lived a perfect life. He died a horrible death, forgiving you, paying the price for all of your sins. And he rose again on the third day. Someone say amen. And he actually released the power of the Holy Spirit so you can know him by faith. You can have righteousness. Everything in your life can be set right. You can have peace, nothing missing, nothing lacking. And you can have joy. The, the exuberance of God's life flowing out of your life. I cannot meet a single person who doesn't want those three things. Righteousness, peace, and joy. So if you're here and you don't know Jesus, I promise you, you want him. I promise you, you want what comes with him. I promise you. Some of our prayer team come down right now. As we sing this song, if you don't know Jesus, get down here right now to this prayer team. Don't wait. Don't even wait until they start singing. If you do know him, it's time to do some business and response to the Lord. We're going to sing this song. I believe it's the same song as the first. Yeah, because it's perfect. We're going to sing this song as a moment of dedication. And if you need prayer, if you need courage to face someone, to reconcile, come down, get prayer right now. Don't wait. You need healing in your body. Come down. Don't wait. You don't know the Lord. Come down. Don't wait. But as we come together, let's sing one more time. Let's sing together as an act of devotion and then live that devotion out. Amen. Come on. Come on. I'll give you my soul. If you don't know the Lord, get down here, bro. Come on. Have your way. Sing it to the Lord. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take. On a song of dedication. 
Send us to reconcile, Lord. Jesus, we pray that we make that our prayer. Have your way in me. Show me who to reconcile with. Every hand that went up earlier, you should be asking, Lord, for strategy and timing. Lord, show me how and when. And I promise you, it's going to be sooner than you want it to be. So don't deny the Lord the access to that part of your life. Clear your schedule if you have to. Lord, I thank you for the grace to reconcile so that we can worship you in spirit and in truth spirit and in truth thank you Jesus I just speak courage over all of you those in the room those watching on live stream I speak boldness the boldness of God to go as far as possible as far as it depends on you to live peaceably with all it takes boldness I release that boldness to you in Jesus name Lord God I pray that as we go from here we would go in your courage in your strength. In Jesus' name. Come on, say amen. Listen, this is how we're going to end. We're going to pull up the lights. If you need prayer for anything, come down. We'll have a few extra people down here if we need to. But otherwise, be blessed. Get your kids. Go to Fresh Start. Hug somebody. Have a great week. We love you. Have an amazing time. We'll see you next week. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com.